Welcome to Subject to Change with Stephen Lentz. I interview business owners and execs and take a look at who they are, what they do, and where they come from. There's no script. We talk about our businesses, passions, and anything else we want to. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm Stephen Lentz, and today I'm talking with Jason Skisik, the owner of Spear and Clover and also a host of the podcast by the same name, Spear and Clover Podcast. How are you doing, Jason? Stephen, I'm great, man. And if our pre-call chat was anything like what this is about to be like, I'm very excited for it. Oh, thank you. You're you're very generous. I appreciate that. But no, this, I mean, super laid back. If anyone's been listening for a while, they know that I'm just not that interesting. My guests carry all the weight. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, my bio says I'm a carrier of heavy things. So we shall see. Well, by the end of this, your legs are going to be tired because I'll be on your back the whole way. But no, I speaking of your bio, right? Like we, we have talked obviously, and I'm interested kind of your progression from going to the army and being a veteran to being a business owner, entrepreneur. And for me, like those things are mentally very disconnected, right? Going mm-hmm. from someplace where you are under someone working for someone doing what you're told to managing everything and being in charge is just about as different as we can get. So if you don't mind, like going back in history really quick and just kind of your origin story, I think that would be, at least for myself, yeah very compelling and interesting how you made that transition. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if I was looking at it from the bottom up, I would agree with you that going into the military where you have almost absolutely no personal freedom uh, or, or even meritocracy in most cases uh, and trying to become the most free sovereign person with unbelievable freedom sounds wrong, but actually an entrepreneur without structure when they're young, oftentimes self-destructs or explodes. And so I would argue that the military was the perfect place for me to become an entrepreneur because I was born with one uh, core value that it, it makes up one of my five core values and that I call spirit of the puppy. Some people call that ADD. Um, I call it spirit of the puppy. What it means is I'm high energy. I'm curious. I love to try new things. I come up with a great idea and I want to run off and go do it. Um, And I love meeting new people and trying new things. Um, But it wasn't until I went to the army that I earned my second core value that makes me who I am. And that's military mindset. So that's stepping forward when there's an opportunity to take responsibility. That's always making sure that I'm living up to the the people that I'm responsible and accountable to, uh, living up to the things that they need. Um, And so combining things like discipline and hard work and drive and focus with that spirit of the puppy um, was an unbelievable key to unlocking to where wherever it is that I've made it so far since. Um, and so, yes, I went into the military. I served four years. Uh, I was deployed to Iraq twice. Um, and I lived in Germany for two years, which was great. Got to travel the world. Um, when I got out, I did two things, Stephen. One, I enri- enlisted in school uh, to go to school for finance and ultimately become a commercial banker. The plan was to take over the world of corporate finance, uh, which did not go according to plan. Uh, And the other thing that I did was I started a small CrossFit gym in uh, in a dusty fourth floor of a warehouse uh, with two military friends of mine. Um, And that started off as nothing, but very quickly we found ourselves drawn to it and tribe was building around it. And we were, people were meeting and then having children from it. And this, this thing started to grow. And so what I found was a few years in, I'm working on a $50 million deal. And all I can think about is my dusty fourth floor, you know, CrossFit gym uh, all, all day long. And so through a circuitous path, 
um, I decided to devote my life to entrepreneurialism uh, and build that tribe. Uh, and as soon as I treated it like a capital would be business, Stephen, things went through the roof. Um, we we 10 xed our, our revenue and our, our clients. It took me seven years to cross 200 clients. It took me six months to get to 300 clients. And it was because we treated it with the respect that it deserved and it behaved like successful entrepreneurs that I had met. Um, and so very quickly after that, I was asked by one of my mentors at the time who I respect very deeply, uh, to be one of his coaches. Um, and the first time I got on a call with another entrepreneur to help them out, I realized this was just going to be the next step in my journey. Um, and it's very common. You, you help yourself through something, let's say fitness, you then help 10 people in your garage. Then you help maybe a few hundred people in your gym. Well, how do you grow that and expand that you help? the leaders of other tribes. And then eventually that's led me to uh, podcasting, giving away this information, highlighting entrepreneurs in their best lights uh, to many, many people. Uh, and also now um, I have a large group mastermind for entrepreneurs, as well as a program designed to take who I call magicians, those folks who have magic trap between <laughs> their ears and help them realize that in fact, they're scientists and we can scale that message out to the world. That's very cool. So do you still help your friend with his coaching or is, was that also a thing in the past now? No. So uh, he, th this was actually interesting as a catalyst for change, like many uh, struggle is uh, he had me start as a part-time and he had some full-time coaches. Um, and I think just because the business grew so quickly, we were talking about him before the call, uh, the business grew so quickly that he just couldn't afford to have part-time coaches. He needed to have people that were, you know, eating, sleeping and, and dreaming this stuff. Uh, and so I just respectfully was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not anybody's employee. Um, and he's gone on to incredible heights. Uh, and I respect him immensely for it. Uh, but it, it pushed me to saying, Hey, look, I love doing this, but I'm not going to do it for anybody, but me professionally. Uh, and so I hung a shingle with, with a partner, um, who was also from that organization. Uh, we did very well. And then November of last year, I took an additional step. I sold my portion to him, um, which was my second business sold in two years. I took a whole year off of all professional work just to understand exactly where I should go next. I spent a year in service, spending time with my wife and daughter, Lucy, uh, who at the time was under a year old, uh, spending time kickboxing and, and doing jujitsu almost every single day uh, and spending time every single day on the phone, either recording podcasts or just helping out entrepreneurs. Uh, and like I said before, I've never gotten on a call with an entrepreneur and gotten off with less energy than when I got on. <laughs> I love that. So you're completely out of the CrossFit business then. You, that was the one of the business that you sold? Yeah, I did sell um, my, made the majority of my portion. I'll probably always own a small piece, but I'm not actively involved in that business. I sold it to my brother from another mother, Andrew Westcott, who has been carrying that torch very, very well. That's so cool. That's amazing. So then your business that you created now, so you, you did that year long soul searching and you came up with Spear and Clover, correct? Yeah. So it's interesting. I've had, if you're watching the video and I don't know if you are, but if you are, uh, I have a tattoo of the spear and clover symbol on my uh, forearm. And what that is, is it's a Spartan spear. Uh, and in the center of that spear is an infinite loop of rope. Uh, and what it stands for is those two core values that I mentioned earlier. It's the spirit of the puppy. You know, it's, it's playfulness. It's, it's trying new things. It's curiosity. And then the spear is military mindset. Um, and I just knew um I had, I had had this symbol on me already for a couple of years before I ever even considered making it a business. Um, but when I wanted to, when it, the time came to start another business, I didn't think what could I sell? 
I didn't think, where could I make the most money? What I did is I went into a sensory deprivation float tank with one question. And that question was, what would I stand on a mountaintop and fight over? What would I take my shirt off and beat my chest about? And that is what came out of the float tank is, is dynasty defined. It's a program for entrepreneurs. It's all about helping people to take that magic from between their ears and scale it out to the world in meaningful ways that can make big impact. That's awesome. And talking about the clientele of Dynasty Defined, who is that type of ideal client then? Yeah, I like to call them magicians, but um, really this is somebody who had a dream, who's got, who's really great at running through brick walls, at wearing all the different hats. They can be the magic makers for their business. The problem is that's the way you get from zero to one. That's the way you get from thinking you want to have a business to a passionate, you know, entrepreneur business, but you get stuck kind of your passion becomes a prison if you're the only one who can do it. And so what I help those folks to do, uh, whether they're service-based or just service-minded visionary entrepreneurs, I help them to take a second, take a breath and codify that magic into science. Now we can go about the structure of building a team. So first we build foundation, then we build frameworks to scale that. And then we help you to get into flow and manage the team while they're out on the field. That's very cool. So is that kind of like a, a hands-on coaching type thing? Or is it kind of like a preset, like you have a workbook type of deal that they work themselves through? How does that yeah. kind of work out? It's a great question. So uh, so I am someone who ever since the military, especially, but even in sports growing up, uh, I'm very all about tribe. It's actually one of my core values is tribe. Um, and so to me, uh, if the option was one-on-one -on -one, large group or a small intimate tribe of entrepreneurs going through the same process, well, there's your answer. And so we have a three-phase approach where they, they get some videos each week. We drop it once a week. Very, very essential minute and a half, two minute videos, uh, followed by a little bit of worksheet so they can clarify their thoughts and get their notes ready. And then we do battle. We have a workshop that's 90 minutes long where everybody gets to bring to the table exactly what they think. And we help them to make sure that it fits right and give them some objective outside analysis. Um, and so far that process has just been super duper rewarding, but also like I'm watching these relationships deepen and broaden and like the impact of oh, I, it's interesting you said this, this, and this, because when I hear you talk, I hear this, this, and that. And, and so that has been really effective. And so it's, it's sort of a tribal cohort that goes through a 12-week process. That's very cool. And what happens at the end of that 12 weeks then? Does that group kind of disband? Do they get moved to a larger group? Maybe, are they just their, their own group that exists on their own? Like what's the, the aftermath yeah. of that? That's a great question. So we, we do uh, what's called the Spear and Clover Mastermind, which anybody that's an entrepreneur can join. Um, so that's, it's, you don't have to go through the Dynasty Defined program, but you probably should. Uh, and then the Spear and Clover Mastermind is just a large group of entrepreneurs, the whole point of which... Um, I'll actually take a step back. The thing I'm most proud of for my CrossFit gym, Stephen, is the five or six babies that are walking around because their parents met in the tribe, right? And so as I set forward to create a new tribe of entrepreneurs, virtually primarily, um, the thing I'm most interested in is creating business babies, whether that's connecting to people that can help each other out in their mission or having somebody get answers to their problem, which allows them to th thrive and flourish that business. And so we're trying to create business babies. And so uh, each each uh, each session, we bring in an expert guest speaker who's designed to provoke thought, and we, we get to a chance to pick their brain and ask them questions. And then we do um, 60 minutes of small group breakout sessions where we actually mastermind peer to peer. And the only thing I ask of each person that comes to this tribe is, well, three things, is one, that we pursue business success, personal success, 
and uh, family success equally. Two, that every time we come to a session that we help to solve at least one person's problem. And three, that every time we come to a session, we help to get at least one solution to one of our current problems. That's super cool. I really like that a lot. How, and so that, that's a weekly thing or is that a monthly thing? How often does that mastermind? Yeah, we do it on the first uh, first and third Fridays of the month. Um, and we're already kind of actively building some other, uh, uh, you know, things to add value to the group as well that'll just be included in it. That's super cool. Yeah. And you'd mentioned most primarily virtual, but do you have like quarterly get togethers or like retreats or anything like that as well? Or how does... So first, let me tell you the story of the Spear and Clover. So Please as do. I mentioned, yeah, so as I mentioned, <laughs> it was um, it was uh, a tattoo that I had created. It was a symbol that I had created, very similar to what Prince did many years ago, uh, ironically. Um, and uh, one of the things that I do every single week, Stephen, is I go on what I call a solo mission. And so typically, this is a ruck march through the dunes. Uh, and I have two Australian shepherd dogs that I bring with me every single time. Uh, and so one day, I'm rucking through the dunes, we're doing 11 miles, I've got a 40 pound pack on my shoulders, and I've got a 40 pound log on my, sh on, on my shoulders. Um, and I'm military mindset, I'm moving towards my goal, laser focused, I got sweat pouring down my glasses, and the dogs are having the time of their life. Yeah. They're running out into the woods, and then they come back and they check on me, then they're running out into the woods, and then they come back and check on me because they're good girls. And it just occurred to me in an instant, Stephen, that at my best, that's how I go through life, is not just military mindset, focused laser, lasered in on my, on my goals, but also spirit of the puppy, I'm having fun, I'm learning new things, I'm social, I'm taking time for myself when I need to. And so the spear and the clover symbol was a product of that. So what is my in-person mastermind? Well, as I mentioned, I live here in the Indiana Dunes National Park, and about a half mile that way is a beautiful mansion that sleeps about 20 people. And so when we do uh, in-person events, we rent out that mansion, we bring in a chef, cool. we go, we live that experience, we go on the rucks, we have the bonfires, we commune, we help each other with our problems, we bring in guest speakers that, that add value to this group, um, and we plot how we can grow the influence of this group, and how we can help each other to be as successful as our dictates that's super cool and you don't have to like drop price if you don't want to but is there kind of like a, a range or price for the mastermind yeah so the mastermind is as accessible as we can possibly make it so it's 500 a month we ask for a one-year commitment that's i would cool. rather have a thousand people in there at 500 a month because i'm a member of a few that are a thousand dollars a month or even more not currently but um and and that's fine and there is tons of value there but i think in what we're doing i don't need the wealthiest entrepreneurs i need the most committed entrepreneurs who are the most energized by helping others yeah hungry dedicated with the right values yeah absolutely right? yeah so and you'd mentioned three of your five core attributes uh, yeah. the ethos if you will yeah edge of my seat man let's see the two <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, so to give you an idea, I'm the only person I know of who does it this way. And I think I came up with it. So uh, if other people are doing it this way, that's great. Uh, most people when they do core values, they tell you, you should have three to five core values, and they should basically describe who you are. Um, I think this is a mistake. I think uh, what that does is it allows me to see very clearly one dimension of who I am. And so for me, I try to fill out four things. Number one is who am I? Number two is how do I work? 
Number three is how do I communicate with others well? And number four is what motivates me and gets me out of bed. And so by doing that, I now get this four or five sided puzzle piece that I can hold up to the future people, projects, opportunities, and I can prove it by looking in the past at people, opportunities, and projects that either did work out easily or no matter what I tried failed, right? And so what those for me are is who I am is the combination of military mindset and the spirit of the puppy. How I work is head up, feet moving. I'm hard charging towards my goals, but I'm always aware of things changing if I need to make adjustments. Uh, how I communicate with others is tribal, if you haven't heard by now. Uh, and what I'm motivated by, I use the word invested. I'm invested in myself. I'm invested in my clients. I'm invested in my friends and family and how well they do. Um, and that motivates me to keep moving forward and do the best that I can. That's so good. I think you should make a sixth one. That's immaculate facial hair but i mean that's just me <laughs> that, that mustache is yeah on my name I'm, I'm jealous thanks brother i appreciate it. well you're a fireman right i mean like i get it <laughs> I, I mean if i was going to shave november i'd look like a patchy neck beard you know it's just there's nothing there's nothing good about it <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you so again like i i love the origin the change stories and you had mentioned that you went from the army to financial institutional corporate mm -hmm. and then you went to a deprivation deprivation tank and you came out with tribe mm -hmm. right like where did you find that like was that just an epiphany from the nothing tank was that like something that's been in you and you're like you know all this time I've been searching like I found it kind of in the military and then I went and I wasn't like fulfilled when I was doing the financials but like I like financial stuff like where did that Come from to be like, hey, a mastermind is exactly where I should land. It's interesting you ask that. Uh, so for starters, um, one of the biggest catalysts for my most positive change was failure. I wasn't, I had been successful in most things that I had tried in one level or another my whole life. And I'll be honest, I'm lucky if I was middle of the pack of that group. There were some unbelievable minds and executors who were disciplined and also like really interested in the stuff we were doing at the bank. I have never met a more capable group of people, smart, enigmatic, fun to be around for the most part. Um, and so nothing but love and respect for them. But I'll remember, I remember vividly one meeting where I learned two things, one meeting where I'm sitting there, it's me, it's my boss, my boss's boss, my boss's boss's boss and his boss. And that guy's a <laughs> BSD, bro. He's making a lot of money doing really, really well. And then an entrepreneur. The first thing I learned was in this whole room of people, I can only see eye to eye with the entrepreneur. That's a big lesson. And I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be on this side of the table. I wanted to be on the side of the table, making something where once nothing had been. And that wasn't my job. My job was to find out why we shouldn't. Right. Uh, and the, the person that was the most successful at the table, I looked at him and I could tell you his name, but I won't. And I know where he lived and I know his commute. He got up before me. He drove further than me. He worked harder than me all day. He left after me and he went home and drove home further than I did. I don't care how much money he made. I don't want his life. And so I, it's so unlikely that I would have ever made it to that seat. But if I had, I knew in that moment that I would be miserable. And so it's just one of those things where to me, it was just like, well, that's not an option. Right. Um, and then, you know, as far as becoming an entrepreneur, um, I have ADD, right. I have spirit of the puppy. And so to me, I have two choices. I can fight that go the David Goggins route, who I love and respect his message. I've never met him. Um, I can go the David Goggins route and try to fight my inner bitch or whatever he would say, uh, or, <laughs> or 
what I found was if I do lean in on those things that I'm super curious and passionate about, I'm actually able to outwork almost anybody else in the room. And so what I've become is a shepherd of my own attention span. I try to create the boundaries that guide me towards my already interest and my already energy. And that thing has been incredibly rewarding and incredibly profitable for me. And so my thing now is not the the discipline of marching to a drum beat. It's the jazz of following my intuition and curiosity, man. That's, I love that. <laughs> a little, little bit of brain matter on the wall right here. I was just like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bro. yeah. I mean, you've, and I don't know if you do this all the time, but you craft story really well. Oh, like thanks, the, the way that story works in the subconscious, like the subconscious can't tell truth from fiction when we tell a good story, right? And mm-hmm. like that, what you just like it was pseudo hypnosis really of like the description and how you gave it but just phenomenal just to tip the hat of them just like trying to collect my thoughts here (laughs) i uh i'm reading two points on that and i appreciate the compliment of course uh i was at a party last weekend and a hypnotist told me that i hypnotize people uh which i didn't know uh and then separately i'm reading the the almanac of naval ravikan and if you haven't read that you have to but he talks about um the interplay of uh the emotional mind and the logical mind and how in the best cases, in the best businesses, entrepreneurs, marketing, whatever, um, you lead with the emotional mind, but you actually, you know, uh, backfill with, with the logical mind. And it, this is not something I intentionally do. The truth is, is that only when I decided to live purely authentically to myself, did the message start to become so clear and easy to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a couple of things that play there too, right? Like, within copywriting because we we talked about this before as well like copywriting is a huge deal and so important but there's the hero's journey within that right like you have bilbo baggins leaving the shire and going you know his whole trip and this like you cross the threshold you go into the woods you have your troubles you find a solution you beat that down you transform and so like even your story there like you you took me through a very short cyclical hero's journey of you know, finance to entrepreneurship. And whenever you tell a hero's journey story, it's something that resonates on a human level with everyone across the board. And you'll see that like when you start digging into, and this is for everyone's listening as well, but like you see that when you dig into any sort of affiliate marketing stuff, you'll see it all the time. Like this was Jenny, she weighed 5,000 pounds. Like, like it takes you through these different people and at future paces, like, oh, can you imagine, you know, Mm -hmm. playing with your grandkids and having more energy and feeling those genes that, you know, was before you were even married and all these other things. And so just that concept of like the hypnosis and the storytelling and the subconscious, like is wrapped into that hero's journey that you give and you give it very succinctly and very powerfully. So good as that. And also everyone listening, hero's journey is where it's at if you're going to tell a story. So I, I agree with you that that is a, a very powerful tool. It's one that we're conditioned to hear well. It's also one we're conditioned to structure our stories well. Like there's so many details in any any given story, but the one I just told, which is not pertinent to that, uh, you know, model, and it doesn't make sense. But for the record, I, I didn't plan it out or anything. It just really is what what happened. But yeah, yeah, I, I hear. yeah. <laughs> that was that was good. And also yeah. authenticity. Like I love that because I feel like we're in the age of Gary Vee. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Gary Vee, but like, do you remember the hot dogs or legs pictures on Instagram? No. So it was like this thing. It was, I want to say, it's maybe like five years ago, maybe. I have a terrible concept of time. Like anytime in the past five years is yesterday and anytime in the next yeah. three months is tomorrow. So yeah. five years ago, I don't know. But there was this thing of like pe- person's legs on a beach and it was like hot dogs or legs. 
and it became this like this big thing of like people posing you you never know you're like is someone's tan legs and they're like oh, in bali or is it legs yeah, yeah, hot yeah, dogs yeah, yeah. Legs. And, okay that's funny <laughs> but I, f- I feel like we as people and also going back into copywriting and like methodology is the consumer has gotten smarter right we've learned that we're being sold and we've found that the perfect isn't what we're looking for we're looking for the authentic and i think that's mm-hmm. why gary vaynerchuk has become such a powerhouse is because he is a thousand percent authentic like in everything he does and says and even if he's like hey i was wrong here yeah like he will admit every single time like i really screwed the pooch on this one like i should have invested here i like was absolutely wrong when i said this <laughs> and like yeah. show the video of him being wrong it's just yeah tearing down the walls of perceived perfection is so much stronger now especially in today's emerging markets of human conscious and consumerism so just want to yeah, you know throw that i want to react to well. that though uh first of all shout out to clubhouse uh but second of all uh because <laughs> he promoted clubhouse but uh oh, second of all, the, he, he did oh, um, he did. yeah yeah he promoted clubhouse <laughs> like it was going to be the next twitter you know uh mm-hmm. anyway um I think of this moment, um, my friend, Will Taylor, who's also an unbelievable marketer, and uh, we met in that same organization. Um, he came and visited me and, and I took him on that experience I described for you. We mm-hmm. went on a long ruck march and we talked and we carried the same, not the same log, a bigger log, and we would pass it back and forth when we couldn't carry it. And we did this for, I think it's like six hours with the dogs. The dogs, like I was concerned about one of my dogs and these are farm dogs, bro. Like they shouldn't be in trouble. <laughs> and so we're covered in sand. This is on Lake Michigan. So there's a beach right there. We're covered in sand. We're sweaty. Everybody, everybody's exhausted. We put the log down on, on the, on the cement and we sit down up against the log and we're watching the sunset over lake michigan it's kind of romantic and um i'm in <laughs> and i was like i remember looking over at him i go i go this is what marketing is trying the feeling you have right now is what the best marketing is trying to give somebody else without having to make them walk through the hills for eight hours or whatever it had been um and that just i'll never forget that moment because I, even my story earlier i couldn't have told you that story if i didn't actually carry that log I just couldn't have, I couldn't have done it authentically. And I think that um, too many people, I don't want to use like colloquialisms, like too many people think that they can learn a lifestyle and then become a lifestyle brand. I think you have to live a lifestyle in order to have any shot at somebody else calling you a lifestyle brand. I love that. Which is why I love this hat. And I told you that when I got on the call. Because I love that guy. He's actually, it's a go fast, don't die. And this guy's actually traveling the country. I'm sorry to have cut you off. He's actually traveling the country on the back of a motorcycle, like camping out in the desert and stuff. And that's why I love that brand. That's very cool. No, I was just gonna say, I was actually in a mastermind group coaching thing, because I'm working on making my own group coaching mastermind product anyway. But one of the people, she's like a, a B2B sales consultant person. She's amazing. And she was talking in one of these breakout rooms and this person's like, Hey, like, how do I make this jump of like charging, you know, $10,000. And I, you know, I value my time at a hundred dollars for, you know, a month for a client. She's like, well, if you're asking for $10,000, you should be in a program that you're paying $10,000 for. Like, if you're going to be in this mindset of like, this is okay to charge this and I should be able to do this. Like you should be living it and you should invest in yourself in the same manner. And so just like that, that correlation is, Because going back to being like 
sitting at log with them and be like, this is how marketing should be is like showing these people this kind of thing. It's like that empathy. Can I ask you a follow-up to that? Yeah, um, do you think it's the same if you're already in that program because you authentically went there? Or do you think that person who just heard that can go like sign up for a thousand dollar thing? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, and I actually think there's a difference. I think there's sure. a difference. Like if you're already on this path, it's okay to guide people up it, even if you're not all the way at the top. But if you think, hey, there's some people that want to go up that path, I'm going to see if I can get ahead of them and pull them. Like that's a different thing. Yeah, it's, I think it's the mindset of like, this person being like, Hey, I like, I'm learning how to value my time. And how can I ask this mm-hmm. is in a spot of like wanting to give everything she has to make the best program possible, but is having a hard time with her own mentality of being like, I'm worth X number of dollars. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to be in a spot of being like, Hey, like you're worth this because you understand what it means to invest in yourself. Like the program that we're in for this mastermind thing is a paid program, but like that comment from the coach is like, Hey, like you need to be in the same mindset of like trying to sell, if you're trying to sell someone on this thing, like you need to be believing that that is a worthwhile investment. And the best way to believe what you do is to live what you do. And so if you think like, I should be able to charge 15 grand for my time to run this mastermind, you should probably go join a mastermind because you don't ever want to be the smartest person in the room anyway, but that should be part of your ethos, what you're looking for, right? Like if you think this is a valuable experience for someone, then you should probably value it for yourself. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful, man. So that was the, (laughs) but no, but going back to your marketing story is also on with good marketing. Like, I don't know if you've gone to a lot of national parks and stuff and like other than the one that you're living in, right? But there's always the option of, you know, like drive to the lookout or take the five mile hike to get up to the spot. And they both essentially have the same viewpoint. And I've done Half Dome. Uh, I was fortunate to do it before. You had to do like year-long permits or whatever, like a year out. I've done it, I think, three different times. And I cough illegally, camped out there once. But <laughs> on top, uh, uh, maybe, maybe I didn't say that. Who knows? But getting that view is completely different when you work for it. Like I grew up again, military family. We talked about this beforehand and we would drive everywhere. Like I've been to Yorktown and Jamestown, watched people churn the butter. And I went to Gettysburg and like, you know, like, Hey, look, here's a bunch of Hills where a bunch of people killed each other with bayonets. Like, ah, it's really gross. But I didn't like appreciate the views and the sceneries and different things that my parents took me to because they didn't work for them. Mm. I may have seen the same thing, but then when I got older and I went to national parks and I did the you know, 18 mile hike round trip up and up from half dome and back. And I did, mm-hmm. you know, the seven mile trip and the hoodoos and Zion and up the slot can and stuff like everything was so much more beautiful mm. because I could appreciate the pain it took to get there. And I think good yeah. marketing also encompasses that is that yes, it's to draw that person be like, Hey, this is what it should be like the beauty of it. And you should like be drawn into this. But I think it also has an empathy side of it of like, you don't necessarily have to go through the pain of what I'm, you know, I've experienced to bring this thing to you, but you should be able to empathize with the value of the work that it's taken. I so agree. That's my two cents of what you were. I, I agree and would react that like, you know, I, I did the Machu Picchu, the Inca trail uh, and same dude, like when you're, when you're hiking these perilous, but beautiful stone carved staircases in mm-hmm. Peru, um, I can imagine if I showed you a picture of Machu Picchu from like an aerial shot, people going like, oh, that's cool. But if you, <laughs> but if there was somebody with a GoPro following me 
up this thing and you do a documentary. That's why stuff like uh, Free Solo is so powerful to people who have no interest in climbing or rocks is they go like, I'm watching this guy prepare for it. I'm watching him talk to his girlfriend about the fact that the fact that not only might he die on this climb, but he almost certainly will die on a climb, right? And it's like, that makes it so much more powerful. And then like, I don't think he sells anything because I think he only wears a chalk bag and a pair of prana pants or something, but I would buy it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I believe in it. Oh, that's just so, so spot on. But before I like totally get us off track, but where can someone like, hey, this Jason's legit. Like, I like this guy and like this mess man looks someone I want to check out. Where can they go to find you? So for starters, if you're still listening, you must like Steven <laughs> and his stuff. Uh, and so the first thing I would ask you to do is go to the page of this podcast, like it, share it, and and uh, and, and leave a review because he's pouring his heart and soul out into this. And it really is a labor of love to get something to you for free. So please help him to do the very minor effort of helping him. Uh, and then if you still have any effort, any energy left, please check out www.spearandclover.com where you'll find access to our mastermind, to Dynasty Defined and more information, our podcasts. Um, and uh, we do offer a free test drive of the of the mastermind, so you get to come and experience the full ride uh, and what it's like to help work to work with other entrepreneurs and hear from these guest speakers um, for free. Uh, and we are happy to set that up for you. Uh, my platform of choice is Instagram, so check me out at Jason Skisick and at Spear and Clover. Uh, and I'm also available under the same names across all platforms. I love that. that's awesome. And Jason, before we close out, is there anything that you wished I had asked you, or that you wanted to revisit really quick that we got off tangent from? And not that you have to, like, if you want to say like a dad joke, like that's fine too. But um, if you're listening to this and you're an entrepreneur and you're struggling, there is one thing that you probably are not doing that you probably should do today. And that is stop doing everything you're doing and go for a very long walk. And don't think about any current fires that are going on in your life or your relationships. Think only about the, sh the direction that your ship is heading. What mountain are you currently climbing? Um, and that will just by definition, that will help you. I love that. Awesome. Well, Jason, thank you again so much for being on Subject Change. And everyone else, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Subject Change. Please like, subscribe, leave a review of our podcast. And if you have any questions, if there's a business you would like to see featured on our podcast or a niche or something you want to learn about, drop us a message or an email and let us know be happy to, to interview someone and answer those questions. Thanks again for listening.